Well, we've uh, almost made it. 2020 is almost in the books. We have just four days left, and I don't know about you, but I am ready for the ball to drop. Man, it has been a crazy year, hasn't it? You know, this last week I, I was going through uh, all of my, my junk in the attic because every year we get new junk and then we end up piling last year's junk on top of the previous year's junk. And before long, you got an entire attic full of junk. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You know, I, as I was going through everything, I came across this old box in the attic called High School Keepsakes. Yeah, and when I opened it up, I found a, a couple of my old yearbooks, all these old newspaper clippings, uh, and, and stuff from you know my basketball days, the glory days. '96, uh, I'm just telling you, was a great year for me. I, I, I remember it. I love it. And and what's interesting, for several hours, I got sucked into my past, and I was going through all this stuff. It really got me thinking uh, about how often I visit my past. If we were all really honest with ourselves, most of us think more about our past than our future. You know, my, my kids often make fun of me because they think I'm still living in the past. As I get older, I've realized that my body, okay, it can't do the things that my mind thinks it can do anymore. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but my mind thinks that I can still dunk a basketball like I used to be able to. But my body says that I can barely still touch the net. Right? My son, Jordan, uh, he had an open gym this last week at school. And I told him, hey, buddy, I might stop by and play a couple pickup games with the team. What do you think about that? And he was like, please, Dad, no, don't do that. <laughs> He's like, first of all, you're going to embarrass yourself, but you're also going to embarrass me. And, uh, you know, thinking fondly about the past and looking back at, at the way things used to be really isn't a bad thing until it is, right? It's because it's so easy to get stuck in the past, stuck remembering how things used to be, stuck wishing I could go back and I, I could do it all over again. And, and maybe it's, you know, do it all over again because it was so much fun in the first place, right? Or it could be doing it all over again because of the mistakes that I made. You know, many of us continue to live in our past, you know, thinking back on those things and, and, and dwelling on them. And, and in four days, I want you to think about this. We're going to be stepping into a new year, not only a new year, but a new decade. All right? We got in a little conversation as a staff this last week and uh, there at the office, whether a decade starts with zero or a one. And so we came to a conclusion that it starts with a one because there is no year zero in the beginning. I don't know if that makes sense or not. So 2021, it's the start of a new decade. And what I love about a new year is that we get to start over in a lot of ways. We get to put last year behind us and, and focus on the future. You know, Isaiah has some really wise words for us in Isaiah 43, 18 concerning our past. And here's what he says. He says, forget the former things. He says, do not dwell on the past. And then God says, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The animal or the wild animals honor me than the jackals and the owls because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I form for myself that they may proclaim my praise. 
the, the, the backdrop, okay, for these verses are God's people are in Babylonian captivity. They'd had a bad year, okay, really several bad years. And, and, and they're, they're left feeling like that they don't have a future, that their future is gone. And then in verse 14 and 17, God reminds them that, that he pulled them out of Egypt. He pulled them out. He parted the Red Sea. He'd done all these amazing signs and wonders, and he's reminding them of these things so that he could tell them, hey, remember all that? You remember it? I don't want you to dwell there because I want you to understand what I'm about to do is going to blow that away. It's going to blow your mind. And, and so he issues a really important reminder. The past can teach us a lot about God, but you can't continue to live there. You know, uh, Matt Stewart and I, we were talking about this in the offices last week, and I love what he said because he says this. He said, Spencer, you know, there's a reason that our windshield in our car is bigger than our rearview mirror. <laughs> and that is some great wisdom, right? Because a lot of us, we spend so much time looking in the rearview mirror and we miss what God is doing right in front of us. And it's important for us to, to keep our eyes on the road, to look forward. That we can learn a lot by, you know, looking at our past. But if we spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror of our life, there's going to be a good chance that we could crash our life, right? God wants to do something new. And, and I love the way a Alec Moyer says this in one of his commentaries in Isaiah. He says this. He says, the Lord always has greater things in store. He's revealed in the past, but he's always more than the past revealed. And, and that's really good to know, you know, coming out of this whole 2020 year, isn't it? I, that, that God would have something better in store for us. You see, regardless if your past is filled with these amazing miracles, that, these God moments, or it's filled with pain and regret, listen, God wants to do something new, something more. You know, some of us, we love to revisit the glory days, but what God wants to do is He wants to do something more. He wants to take us through, you know, possibly through facing our own Babylon so that we experience something more, something greater. You know, I believe God is, is speaking very directly to some of you today. He, he wants to do something new in a new year, in a new decade. Some of you, you're coming out of a year of heartache, you know, maybe even a decade of pain. You're thinking, you know, I just don't see things getting any better in 2021. I mean, it's bad, Spencer. It's hard, and I just don't see a way out. Because I believe God is saying, no, I see a way when no one else sees a way. He's saying, can you perceive it? Can you see it? Because I... What God is saying to every single one of us today is this, is that, hey, I want to do something new, that I'm going to spring up something in the wilderness of your life. It's going to come out of the dry places of your life. You know, many of us, uh, we have every intention of making our lives better in 2021, right? So what we're going to do is we're going to make these New Year's resolutions. And what we're going to do is we're going to focus on changing an area of our life. But here's the deal. I got bad news for you. By the end of January, okay, 2021, 70% of you are going to go down. I mean, you're going to be down and out. You're going to be frustrated. Um, and, and the fact is this, is you couldn't even make it a month before falling back into your old patterns and your old habits. 
You know, all of you who have your new Christmas workout outfits, you need to know that uh, statistically, you're not going to need those, okay, after Valentine's Day because 90% of you are, are going to give up, all right? Why is that? Well, I'm not really sure. But I do believe that a lot of us, we've got great intentions. We've got good intentions, but they're not really God intentions. What, what do I mean by that? Well, I believe there's a really big difference between God intentions and good intentions. Good intentions are birthed out of our own desires. God intentions involve listening to the Spirit of God and His desire for your life. You know, our, our good intentions, they're, they're usually me-centered, while God intentions are God-centered. You know, when we begin to seek out God's intentions, things begin to change. You know, many of us have some, some really good intentions. We do. But can I challenge you this year to go beyond just having some good intentions? You know, if you want to experience something new, then, then you have to listen to the Spirit of God and move from good intentions to some God intentions. Some of you are wondering, okay, well, that sounds great, Spencer, but where do I even start? You see, God says, I'm doing a new thing. And that one thing might start with just one thing. One thing. That new thing might start with a one thing. I mean, how often do we forget the power of one? <laughs> you know, all of us are, are at a place in our lives where if we just did one thing, it would change the landscape of our entire life. We're all just one choice away from our destiny. The majority of our culture lives as if our destiny is, is just a shot in the dark. That, that we don't control anything, but honestly, your destiny, it's not a mystery. It's not. For better or for worse, your destiny is a result of your daily decisions and your defining moments. And these opportunities start a chain reaction that flips our world upside down for better or for worse. And only you know what that one thing is that will start the ball rolling. You know, sometimes we forget the power of one choice. We think that one choice isn't that big of a deal. But for so many of us, we're going to experience God's best or our worst because of one choice. Choices are powerful and they're life altering. And so what I want to do today is I want to ask you four one thing questions. And my prayer is this. My prayer is that God would birth in you one God-centered new thing that would be different in your life in 2021. One personal discipline that God would birth in your life that would change the landscape of this next year. Really quick, what I, I want to do is I want us to look at four one-thing verses that I believe are going to help us in this new beginning, all right? And the first one, if you're taking notes there, is this. The question I want to ask is, what one thing are you asking from God in 2021, you know, in Psalm 27, David gives us a great example of this. Most of us know that David was known for being a man who is after God's own heart. And, and so it's evident of that very thing in this one request. All right. And so in Psalms 27, 4, here's what he says. He says, one thing here. There it is. One thing I ask of the Lord. This is what I seek. 
above all else, he says, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in the temple. Guys, imagine if God said to you, hey, I'm going to do one thing that you asked this year. What will be the driving force of your prayer life before God this year? David says, if I could have anything, if I could have actually one thing, he says is, I want God. He says, I want his presence. He makes his request a priority in his life. And it gets really specific. He's saying, I desire above anything else to dwell or to live in the presence of God. How about you? I mean, what are you asking God for in 2021? What one thing do you desire from him? Maybe 2020 for you, it was a disaster of a year. For some of you, your one thing may be dealing with your spouse. Maybe your marriage fell apart. Maybe you, know, you made some mistakes that are, that are haunting you, that are going into this new year. Maybe you need to change your heart. Or maybe your spouse needs to change their heart in order for God to bring about some healing. The question is, what are you asking God for? There's some of you. Maybe there's an addiction or maybe there's a stronghold. One thing that's keeping you from, from being who God wants you to be. Or maybe it's keeping you from, from going further in your relationship with Him. It could start with your pursuit of God in prayer, asking Him to guide you and help you overcome whatever that might be. So the first question is, what one thing do you desire from God, all right? The second question I want to ask you is this, is when, when it comes to your spiritual life, what one thing do you lack? What one thing do you lack? You know, in, in Mark chapter 10, there's this, this rich dude who, who runs up to Jesus. He falls on his face, and here's what he says. He says, Jesus, he says, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? And here's what Jesus' response was. He was like, well, he's like, you know all the commands? That, that, that are in Scripture, he goes, well, you need to obey all of them. So this guy, he thinks in his mind, he's like, okay, well, uh, I've got that made. I've got it made in the shade because I've done all those things. I follow all the commands. But the, here's the deal. The thing about it is that Jesus wasn't looking at this guy's outward obedience, but he was looking into his heart. And he saw a problem. That this guy didn't even know he had. And, and there in, in, in verse 21, Mark chapter 10, it says this. It says, Jesus looked at him. Notice he, he's about to say something really difficult. But it was all in love. And here's what he says. He says one thing. There it is. He says one thing, not two things, not ten things. He says, but one thing you lack, he said. He says, go sell everything you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasures in heaven, then come follow me. There's just one thing, one thing for this one guy. And it, and, and it was his material possessions and the desire for security and wealth. And Jesus said that this one thing is in your way. He says, sell it. He goes, sell it and, so that you, you can fully follow me. And then in there in verse 22, the Bible says this, at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad because he had great wealth. Check this out. 
God specifically showed him the one thing that he lacked. And he was unwilling to do that one thing that would, would have benefited him, that would have brought something new in his life spiritually. You know, there's a lot of us who, who, who hear that verse and it hits home because some of you, God has shown you one thing that you need, one thing that is lacking in your spiritual walk. Yet some of us, we haven't been obedient to it. Maybe it's taking the next step in baptism. Yeah, and you haven't done it. Maybe it's, it's holding the tithe. Ooh, we're getting, you're getting the personal pastor. You know, maybe it is an addiction. I, I don't know what it is. My prayer is that you would be obedient to the one thing that God shows you you lack. What is it? What is that one thing? All right, question number three Guys, uh, is this. The question number three is, what one thing do you need to let go of? What thing do you need to let go? What one thing do you continue to grip that holds you back from where God wants you to go? You know, in Philippians uh, chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, he's talking about how, you know, he wanted to know Christ. Not just know about Him. He wanted to know Him and the power of suffering like Him. And, and he says this in verse 13. He says, brothers and sisters, he says, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it. But one thing, there it is. There's that phrase, one thing I do. He says, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. He says, I press on toward the gold to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Here's what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, this one thing that, I, that I'm going to do, and, and, and you can almost see this like, like, like one action, okay? He says, I'm forgetting what is behind, and I'm going to start moving towards what is ahead. I'm going to press on. Now, here's the deal. We, we don't know exactly what Paul is, is letting go of here. Right? We don't. But we got a pretty good idea, Right? Because he, he's one of the guys, if you remember back, who personally stoned Stephen, the first Christian martyr. So maybe he was letting go of that. Maybe uh, he was letting go of the fact that he had persecuted the church, that he had imprisoned hundreds of Christians for their faith. You know, it could have been that he's letting go of the pain that, that he had personally experienced when he was suffering for Christ. I mean, here's a guy that five times was whipped, each time with 40 lashes across his back. Maybe he said, I got to let go of that. I got to let go. Here's a guy that had been beaten three times with rods. He was a guy that, that, that was shipwrecked three times. He was a guy that was stoned and not recreationally, okay? He was stoned with rocks and he was left for dead. And now he's saying, I got to let go and I got to move forward. The question is, what is it for you? What do you need to let go? There are some of you that the reason you're not moving forward and expecting something new that, that God wants for you is because you're holding on to something from the past and it's time to let it go. It's time to let it go. Maybe someone's hurt you and you've got some unforgiveness or, or you've got some bitterness and God would say, I want to do something new. But you can't dwell in the past. You've got to forget what is behind and you've got to press on. Guys, I'm convinced 
that one of the biggest problems in marriages today is people who will not let go of the past. Some, maybe someone hurts you and you continue to punish them for what happened in the past. Or maybe you're not forgetting that those old relationships, you've got to let them go. Some of you, listen, you failed at something and the deal is this, you're holding on to that and you're internalizing it. Some of you might have let yourself down. You know, it's, it's your own self that you let down. You think, you know what? God is going to hold that against me. You need to understand right now that it's been forgiven. That, that God wants you to move forward. What is that one thing that you need to let go so that you can become all that God wants you to be? All right? the, the final question uh, that I want to ask you today is this. It's this, is what one promise, what one promise do you need to claim? Well, one promise do you need to claim? You know, in the Old Testament, there, there was this young shepherd boy by the name of David, many of you know his story, who was anointed by, by the prophet Samuel to be the next king over all of Israel. And if you don't remember that story, here's the deal. He was the run of the family. All the other brothers, they were considered to be the king before him. Yet God passed over all of them and Samuel anointed David. And God said to Samuel, he says, listen, I don't look at what other people look at. He says, I look at the heart. This is the next king. And, and so there was a promise that was made by God to David. You know, many of you, you you've had a promise from God. You believe that, that God has shown you a vision for your future. And it's not happened yet. It hasn't happened yet. And you're beginning to wonder. You're like, God, where are you? Because this is exactly what happened to David after being anointed you know what he did he went back to the fields to care for the sheep it was years later that that promise was fulfilled and at one point at one point David was being chased by the current king of that time King Saul Saul was trying to kill him he might lose his life and it was thinking back on that promise. You know, in, in Psalm 56, 9 and 10, David says this. He says, this one thing I know, this one thing I know, God is for me. He's like, the enemies are coming at me and I don't know what to do. It's like one step forward, three steps back. He's like, you know, I'm scared to death and I don't know how I'm supposed to, to get through this. I don't know what's going to happen next. But one thing I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, he's saying this, that God is is for me. And he goes on to say, he says, in God, whose word I praise, in God, I trust and I'm not afraid. What can man do to me? You know, some of you right now, God is going to give you a, a promise or he's given you a promise and, and you're going to hang on to it and it's going to sustain you and it's going to carry you and when, when you're too weak to go on. The one thing I know that God is for me. Guys, what promise do you need to claim in 2021? Forget the former things. Don't dwell on the past. You know, for our God, who is a good God, who is with you now, He's doing a new thing. So what one thing are you asking God for in 2021? What one thing do you lack? What one thing do you need to let go of? And the final thing is this, what one promise
do you need to claim? Church, my prayer is that this year would be an amazing year for you. Just remember that it starts with moving from having good intentions to God intentions. Love you so much, church. Can't wait to worship with you next week when we get to kick off this great year, 2021. We'll see you then.